With me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning, let's welcome back on the program the one and the only Cruzy McCalligan. Good morning, Cruz. Good morning, Noreen. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic today. How are you? Yes, you're looking very well. I Thank feel you. good, energized. Yes, that's great to hear. Um, I'm talking about napkins today. Oh. Are you a napkin family? What nap? Tell, talk me through your napkins. So we have like muslin cloths. Yes, we, we have muslin cloths, like cotton ones that we used to use for like the kids, like burping things. So we use that. Um, other than that, we might have a few serviettes if we have a birth, if we have a party or, or, or some sort. But no, we're not really. So when you sit down for dinner, do you lay the table with napkins? No, you don't. No, we, really? Yeah, that that's more like a restauranty thing, right? Like I don't know. See, yeah. I don't know. So do you I have napkins? No, not like not like a fine linen napkin, but I use paper paper towels yeah. like oh wow things. that's and, so and, but I, i'm obsessed with having a napkin really? i find it infuriating if my family don't have a napkin when my husband sits down to eat a meal without a napkin i'm like how are you doing this we like, never have napkins yeah, yeah. I, I guess well i was say i guess in chinese cultures you don't really have napkins but that's not true because when you go for a banquet there's always a napkin there but yeah we just sort of like Maybe it's because of the utensils. Like if you're using chopsticks, chopsticks you're putting stuff further into your mouth and you don't yeah. require a man. Maybe. I mean, my children are just filthy. But I'm pretty obsessed with that. And I seem to be the only person in my family who remembers. I mean, as I said, we use paper towel. It's not exactly like that. A serviette. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not even a serv- It's not even a napkin from a store. It's ones that you'd use to mop clean stuff with, you know. Um, but I've always had them. And you know, I just was just interested because it seemed like I'm the only one who values it in my own Usually yeah. a family. Yeah, are you the um, only one who uses it? They all mom, use yeah, it. So whenever I set up, yeah, I'm the only one who really uses it for sure. But for most of history, as late as the 19th century, guests would actually be expected to bring their own napkin to formal dining situations. Table linens of all kinds were expensive and they were often mentioned in wills. Like if someone passed away, you'd say, I leave my tablecloth to somebody. Um, Now, until the 17th century, most people ate with their fingers, specifically the right hand thumb and the first two fingers. It's a popular misconception that napkins were used to wipe the fingers clean of food. They were, in fact, used to dry the fingers after rinsing them in a bowl of water that had been brought by a servant. (laughs) So that was what they were using. Makes sense. Now, the Romans had two kinds of napkins. The sudera, which is about the size of a modern handkerchief and used to mop the brow. Um, whilst the mapper was a much larger napkin, the size of a modern pillowcase, and this was used to protect the host's upholstery and could be pressed to the lips if needed, right? So they had, like, you're basically using a pillowcase as a napkin. In the latter Eastern Roman Empire, as dining moved on from couches to tables with guests sitting around, the earliest napkins were long stretches of cloth sewn into the tablecloth and draped around the edge. And so this sort of table setting is very... It found a lot of depictions, including The Last Supper, the painting of The Last Supper. Now, napkins have always denoted status, not just because they were expensive to buy, but also because they're expensive to maintain. So before washing mater- machines and chemicals, maintaining a pristine white napkin was difficult and costly. Anything pristine and white is difficult and costly. Today, as a mother of children, anything white is difficult and pristine and costly. Now, lye, um, which is from ashes, urine, and sunlight were used to clean and whiten table linens, Um, so which often had to be stretched on frames to dry and then pressed in special linen presses. So napkins were often folded in elaborate ways before placing them in the linen press, so they had intricate network of creases on them as they dried. So it was a real thing, right? This, I mean, this 
pea-soaked napkin. Yeah, I know, with ashes. And- yeah, for sure. It doesn't sound particularly hygienic or something you'd want to wipe your face on, but yes. But it's um, nice and white and pristine. Yeah. I mean, I always think that because I have quite a few friends who have like cloth napkins in their home and I often think wow like it's such a treat I always feel guilty using one because I think the washing the washing you know um so which is why I guess I use paper towel in my home but also the white is also, I never understand why people have white napkins because after yeah. you wipe yeah, say you have so spaghetti true. bolognese <laughs> it's it. a really good point actually um now during the 16th and 17th century napkins came to the fore and got much bigger and more elaborate so especially sp- woven napkins were often made for weddings and other occasions with commemorative designs um, usually seen as a gift from the host to each guest and during this era napkins got much larger to cover the era's highly elaborate dresses now when expensive rough collars were worn huge napkins were tied around the neck covering the rough collar this gives us the expression making ends meet yeah, that's where we get it from. Oh, Isn't like that interesting? That. Yeah. Um, these enormous napkins led to the introduction of napkin folding for a surprising reason. Folding the napkins using a series of complex pleats meant that these huge napkins, these massive napkins people were using, could be shrunk to a size that was more suitable for the table. So that's why people folded them, because it could actually be like put on the thing, as opposed to having like, like yeah, a blanket yeah. on the plate. Um, the napkin ring was introduced in the 19th century and was used to mark out your napkin so it could be reused the following day. But this was only in a domestic family setting. So in a domestic family, you'd use your napkin for your lunch and your dinner and you'd use it the next day. Um, and in some more money-conscious homes, guests staying overnight would be given a napkin ring so they would be given the same napkin at breakfast the next day. And so, But actually, for these reasons, napkin rings are not considered a part of formal dining today so i always think like you know people have napkin rings but this is why they had them to identify whose grubby napkin it was yeah but it's pretty fancy to have a napkin ring i think totally um but if we talk about the some of the first napkins actually apparently the first napkin was edible (laughs) Um, and the reasons for that is that the spartans in ancient greece um ate everything by hand this led to the common use of a soft dough to clean off the fingers and this was a food object called apomagdali and tablecloths and napkins were unknown. The place, uh, so they had the soft dough and they'd rub their fingers. Um, and at large banquets, sometimes they'd have a towel and water for washing their hands or something like that. But otherwise, that was what happened. Um, of course, interestingly, it also matches people's innovation. So in China, paper, which we believe originated in China, um, was one of its earliest uses was a napkin. Um, so the, the napkins were folded into squares and were used instead of inside baskets that held teacups. So it's quite clever, really. Um, and then in the Middle Ages, um, you know, in Europe for a while, there really weren't napkins at all. People wiped their hands and faces with bread, their shirts, whatever else was bread. around. They just, just It's that yeah. thing, like people just- reached a peak and then they just kind of jumped off the peak <laughs> and they just like no we're going like to use my wipe. arm yeah well arm I can see but wiping your face, face with, with bread, bread. <laughs> that just sounds quite clever really you still get the flavour I suppose um <laughs> But yeah, so napkins eventually came back in a really big way and they added this air of formality, uh, particularly as a variation of a tablecloth called a surnep, um, which those of sufficient status received at their table places. So it's kind of interesting. Now, a big turning point for the role of the napkin actually might have been the fork, um, because in an 1887 edition of Good Housekeeping, there was a writer, Albert Alma, who noted that the fork, which took a while to gain acceptance in Europe, made the napkin a, a bit less essential for most meals. 
meals, right? As we were just talking about, like chopsticks, for example. The introduction of the fork um, made eating became a more clean process um, so that the napkin no longer had that kind of thing, but then it became more ornamental. And they found that with a little care, you could retire from the table without having to wash your hands or whatever because you'd had a napkin. Um, so I find that super, super interesting about napkins. I love it. And I'm going to start. Of them. Yeah, I'm going to start introducing them for my dinner parties. Like, um, not bread, but the but the napkins. Um, you think so? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I quite like you the idea so? of having some fancy purple napkins. I think it elevates the meal a little bit. Have you got a quote we can end on, Cruzy? Do I have a quote about napkins? I don't think I do. But, to be honest, um, when you, when you encourage your family to use napkins, do they pay attention to you? Um, yes, but only if I've caught them wiping their face down their arm. And then I say, do you, could you please use a napkin? Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't like the idea of waste, yeah. of course, you know, and using a napkin and wasting a napkin, but it's a very handy thing. It is. And yeah. I hate the feeling of having food on my face that's there or yeah. in the corners of my mouth or something. Yeah. Am I the only one? No, I, I think listeners out there will, will also be thinking the same thing. Well, Cruzy, on this note, I'd love to say thank you to you and I'll welcome you back next week. Thank you so much.